Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we're somewhere in your hometown. Yes, video stores still exist somewhere out there in the deep depths darkness of your hometown but not in a weird creepy way. In a good nice way that we go ahead and reminisce about old movies and movies that you should watch or new things that you should watch but this month in particular is week two of Mike Myers month. Yeah. And of course, the Honorable Tesla and the Fantasticus Frida are here in the central Florida location of Cinema Gems. And of course, through the interway, inter, I guess, interways of the space-time continuum, the illustrious Butt Maestro is also here. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> I I don't know if y'all can tell, but I'm really hyped to talk about this movie. But first, hi, welcome back uh, to Cinema Gems. We're another show on the internet where a bunch of friggin' nerds talk about their favorite shit, which happens to be movies, and a bunch of our favorite movies happen to have been done by Mike Myers. So here we are, and we're starting with number two. Number two? Number two. Who does number two work for? Is unfortunately no, not movie. in this movie. Yeah, I know. That's the first movie. I know. Have we have we done the first Austin Powers on this show, Admiral? No, this is the first Austin Powers movies we've ever done. I'm really okay with that because spoiler alert, this is my favorite of the three. I like one and two combined, but I have more of a soft spot for one. It's that- me. Ma- it's mainly because of Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. She's my sexual awakening. <laughs> I was wondering, how long is it going to take for us to get into the the battle between who was more of a sexual awakening? Elizabeth Hurley in the first one or Heather Graham in the second one? It's a dead even tie. Sorry, I like British accents more. Sorry. I do too. But you know what? The moment in this movie where Heather Graham slides down the pole to American woman is one of those very rare moments where I show just a little bit of kind of quiet patriotism and sit there and go, you know that that song is really horrible toward American women, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Just want to specify that. Just like if you actually, I I know I've looked into the lyrics and you know who taught uh, me that? Mm. Sam motherfucking Eagle taught me that shit because he oh, was, Sam the Eagle. He, yeah, he they were doing karaoke and he was like, oh, let's do uh, American Woman. So he was singing the song. He's like, oh, this song is degrading to American women. I was like, oh, wow. Thanks, Sam the Eagle. Of course it is. Thanks for letting me know that. So ever since I found out about that, I let people know that it's, it's really a bad song about American women. It, it really yeah, is. It, it, it does not help with feminism, for sure. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Um, and speaking of feminism, this is an Austin Powers movie. Don't expect it to pass the Bechtel test by any means. <laughs> Machine gun jump, least. Oh, I should have noticed that. It's called foreplay, Austin. We're going to go into this assuming and hoping that you've already seen the first and second Austin Powers movie. Uh, in our opinion, I don't think you need to see the third one. Mm, it's not necessary. I'm, the first two absolutely are. I mean, I don't really like the third one, but mainly because, um, uh, because I got called a Dutch bastard the entire time of high school because that movie came out around when I got into high school. 
So oh, I got called a Dutch boy. bastard the entire time in high school. And I know where you went to high school too, so I know that wasn't a good time. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no. Oh God. Not at all. Um, but before we get started, can we please talk about the Star Wars spoof trailer that I made you watch? I'm so happy you made me watch that <laughs> because I that was buried somewhere deep in the recesses of my memory. I forgot about it completely until you mentioned it to me before we started recording. And I watched it on my big screen next to me and my God, that was pixelated. But also... If you, if you see one movie this year... Make it Star Wars. If but you if you see, see two, two movies in 1999, make the second one Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Oh. I'm like, yes. If you really want to go check it out, please do. It's a minute long, and it's hilarious. Um, it looks almost Doctor Who-esque with, from the 80s with all of its uh, Star Wars architecture, I think. But it's basically, look up uh, Austin Powers to Star Wars. It's a minute long. It's hilarious, and it's wonderful. So, Admiral, I don't know about you, but I have a special place in my heart and a little bit of a bias for the first two Austin Powers movies. Because against my parents' better judgment, my brother and I watched both of these movies pretty frequently. Way too young. Okay, so the way you watch the Austin Powers movies is the way I watch the Wayne's World movies. Ah. Okay. Um, so do you want to get started or do you just want to go through the cast real we, quick? We can kind of roll through the plot and kind of roll through the cast as we go through said plot. Um, it, it's really simple. If you remember where the first movie left off, uh, Dr. Evil was launched into space again. Uh, yeah, he was cryogenically frozen. And I believe Austin Powers is stuck in the present day, 1997. Uh, which, it's really weird that they go to 1997, but then when they go back at the end of the movie, they go to 1999. I guess. Yeah, they never specified the time jump because we end literally on his honeymoon with uh, Mrs. Kensington, uh, his his new wed wife. Um, and then basically she finds out she's a fembot. And I really wanted to. I really want a patron to, uh, uh, to translate the uh, Spanish that she was speaking. Uh, I'm a little uh, mad Elizabeth that you didn't, uh, that that uh, she hasn't already. Well, I mean, she probably has in the past, but I mean, I forgot about it. You know what? I'll just Google it real quick. You go ahead and start it. Uh, so we find out that uh, Mrs. Kensington uh, was a fenbot. Uh, and when he, we, we go through the whole title sequence because he has the fun moment of, oh shit, I'm single again. By, by the way, by the way, ah. the opening, when, when he goes, no, the woman who taught me about monogamy. Oh, but I'm single again. Yeah, baby. That so, to me is the quintessential. Oh yeah quintessential austin powers so speaking of quintessential austin powers we can't not talk about the iconic theme song by the amazing george stanley clinton uh not to be confused by uh mr parliament funkadelic george clinton not the same dude yeah i want to clear that up right off the bat because i didn't realize there were two different people 
until I was well into college. Whoops, they are two different people, and this George Clinton uh, has done a lot of really recognizable shit. Mortal Kombat, uh, uh, all of the Austin Powers movies, uh, uh, The Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus 2 and 3, Big Mama's House. Uh, he's composed a lot of awesome shit, not the least of which being this incredible bossa nova thing that is clearly a spoof of so many other spy themes but is also so good on its own and that i think sets up the whole vibe of austin powers like yeah it is very tongue-in-cheek making fun of everything ever spy related um but also it's its own fun weird thing i i don't know it's it's so damn catchy. It's so hard not to smile and, and bop along. Any progress on that, Admiral? Uh, I found it, and I'm uh, texting it to uh, Patron right now uh, and see what she says. You... No, I don't want... No me gusta. No me gusta. Uh, my my favorite thing about um, this opening though is that after the the theme song and that whole really fun dance sequence where he's just feeling free again and doing a choreographed cool ballet apparently. Uh, oh, you mean synchronized swimming? Yeah, that that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but he gets in the car, gets a call from Basil, specifically an AOL. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've got mail, Basil. You call that motherfucker by his name, Basil Exposition. You call that motherfucker. Isn't that what by I said? You said Basil. You call him Basil Exposition. You're right, Basil Exposition. Goes through best, AOL best name. to call Austin best in name. his car in 1997. Uh, things that did not exist yet and would not exist because they're awful. Uh, and tells him, oh yeah, we knew she was a Fenbot all along. And they just move on. Yep, believe. Yeah, because then he meets him to go back to... Shagwire, go! Which I love that he calls his his, his jaguar, jaguar a shagwar, a shagwar. Yeah, hilarious. So he goes and uh, he goes to this one. He doesn't get he gets a beetle in this one, right? Yeah, the other one is the yeah. The, when he goes back into the third one, it's it's a Cadillac. Also, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can't believe we skipped over two very important scenes in this movie. First off, when Doctor Evil comes back, the first thing he does is go on Jerry Springer, and. R.I.P. Mr. Springer. In front of his son. R.I.P. In, in something that is honestly, like, ripped straight from Jerry Singer. Yeah. It, like, of everything in this movie, that scene feels the most realistically plausible. I wonder if anybody else in that scene besides Jerry Springer knew that it wasn't real? <laughs> I, I think, I'd like to think that everyone on, because, like, let's be honest, everyone that goes on Jerry Springer, just like everyone that goes on Price is Right... Uh, is an out-of-work actor. And it's been like that for years and years and years. Like, literally, you go on there to get your 15 minutes of fame. The Klansman. And I love that. Oh, my God. And I love that. I love that Dr. Evil's like, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And I'm like, wow, Dr. Evil is evil, but he. I agree with him for yeah, once. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And I'm like, fuck yes, man. Go kick that fucking Klansman. You go, Dr. Evil. Fuck yeah. Kick that fucking Klansman to like, death, man. Dr. Evil's like, yeah, I'm evil, but I have standards. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then after that, we get it. I love how it goes, well, wait, if I go back in time, can how can I, 
how, how if I see myself, oh, now I've gone cross-eyed. And I love how Basil Exposition <laughs> is just like, you shouldn't really take this seriously. And that's for you at home, too. And they both look right at the camera and they're like, meh. And to be honest with you. That's the whole shtick of this movie. That's how you should watch this movie. And that that's when Mike Myers, because we, we failed to mention, uh, I believe Mike Myers wrote and directed. I'm sorry. Jay Roach directed it. Mike Myers wrote the movie. I believe so. He had some involvement in it. Yes. I'll double check. So this style of writing is what Mike Myers does best and does better than most. Yep. Mike Myers and uh, Michael Coulter. Yeah, I uh, colors, I believe. Yeah, uh, M C U L L. He specializes in writing comedies. Yeah, I'm really good. No, he directed a bunch of. I mean, he wrote Undercover Brother. He wrote Baby Mama. He did most of the Austin Powers movies with. Yeah. Mike Myers. Yeah. Uh, but my my point. And he did Boss Baby. See and talk about a bunch of movies this month that Mike Myers wrote. That Mike Myers directed in, that Mike Myers acted in, some just one, some all the above. And I really think that this style of writing from him, like, this is its peak. The Spy Who Shagged Me, in my opinion, is the peak of that kind of writing from him. Okay. You know what I mean? No, I understand. I still think you should watch The Pentaveret. It's on Netflix. You should watch that. Well, but I would say wait until a movie... At uh, in a couple of weeks, you should watch the Pentavert after you watch that movie. Are and you I'll talking you about the mo- second to last one we're doing? Yes, 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 yes. You should watch cool. the Pentavert after that movie. Cool. Because I, hey. it's kind of a sequel, pseudo ser- ser- sequel series on Netflix to that, and it also has a really a lot of like Mike Myers like homages to his wor- other works. It's really good. Hey, if y'all really... want to find out what the fuck we're talking about, come listen in two weeks. Or also just listen the entire month. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, oh, and then also we get to see... Uh, uh, I love that when Dr. Evil was in Frozen, uh, he went to Seattle for you know for, for well, Starbucks. Thank you, because I wanted to mention the, Starbu- the, the Sears Tower. Oh my god. And how he's like... He's like Oh, uh, so it's called a Belgian dunk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get to see Robert Motherfucking Wagner, who a lot of people are like, "Oh, what's this beef you got with Robert Wagner?" I don't have. A I beef had no with idea Wagner. until before we started film uh, 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 recording this episode. I had no. I don't idea. have a beef. I don't have a beef with Robert Wagner, but I know that he has a beef with Christopher Walken because. Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood were together and they like got in uh, to, to quote what there was only four people on that boat one night. Uh, one of them was the, uh, was the ship driver and the other three people were Christopher Walken, Natalie Wood and Robert Wagner. And according to the, uh, to the captain of the ship, the driver, um, there was an heated argument, a splash and then the next morning, Natalie Wood was not there. <laughs> so, allegedly, um, this is all from hearsay. This isn't anything. This isn't a secret scoop. Also, this happened years ago, people. So, don't, like, take me to court on this or anything. Or be yeah, like, but oh, not going to lie. That's all pretty sus. Yeah. That, that's uh, so, real sus. Uh, so, basically, Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood 
marriage was kind of falling through. Christopher Walken and her got really close. Um, and I think Christopher Walken stood up for her. Um, and Robert Wagner was pissed. Uh, there was a scuffle. And Natalie Wood went overboard, allegedly, by her own merit. Uh, not by anybody else. Yeah, she, she and... tripped. Big air quotes. Sure. Sure. Um, and Robert Wagner got off. Got off scot-free. Ew. Yeah. So, um, and I think that if you, uh, I know it was a couple years ago, uh, somebody I think tried to ask Christopher Walken about it and he, de- he declined to answer because it's a very, it's a very like, it's a very poor subject for him. He doesn't want to talk about it. It's his past. Yeah. Because I, I truly think he loved Natalie Wood. I mean, why wouldn't you? She was beautiful. She was amazing. Yeah. But yeah. So that's when I was want to talk about Rob Wagner. Because we did Chris, we did we uh, we had Christopher Walken um, on last week in the last movie. Yep. So so last week, so you know, I was like, hey, well, you know what? Bam, bam, let's get it out of the way. So yeah. Uh, and so then, basically, the whole plot of this movie is that Doctor Evil has to go back in time to get Austin Powers' mojo while he's frozen. But I love Scott is when he's like, why don't you just go back in time and kill him? It's like, I'm not that evil, Scott, okay? I'm not that evil. He's, he's Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, basically steals the mojo because apparently um, he has a... Now, I can't really say the name of this person because I've been told by uh, one of the people that I work with... Um, that he really wants me to say this word, say these words, but he, after he hears these words, he's like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to stop listening. So I have to wait until the very end to talk about it. But a Scottish caricature of merit. I actually believe this was Mike Myers' dad or his, or his granddad. Oh, damn. Uh, that he based this character off of. Not, not the weight thing, but the you know the scottish yeah yeah, yeah. You know. The, the, the character that recurs in the next movie as well correct so uh so you know so he steals he steals the mojo and uh so they have to go so austin has to go back in time in order to save his mojo uh and he goes apparently the bug that he uses is also is not just a time machine but it's basically a tardis because I'm pretty sure he did not, he was not in his pad, in, in Austin's pad in the 19, in 1969, like three stories up when he drove yeah, yeah. to go back in time to 1969. Thank you for noticing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course I would be the one to notice that. Um, and then we get the introduction of Heather Graham. Um, and why don't you go ahead and talk about Heather Graham and this whole scene and I'm going to go check in the other room and see if uh, Patron has translated it for me. I will be right back. Well, okay. While the Admiral foolishly leaves me alone with his podcast. Uh, yeah, this scene uh, was a bit of a sexual awakening for me. Not going to lie. Uh, and if it was for you too, let us know at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. But Heather Graham, chilling in Austin's pad in the 60s. Uh and see him flirting with uh, this, I don't know, woman, I, we, weird lady, who's just being all kind of creepy. I mean, 
Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean Swallows? Yes, Robin Swallows. Not Spitz. Yep. Maiden name, Spitz. So what is it, baby? Sus. Spitz or Swallows? She's immediately sus. Uh, it doesn't matter because she takes, like, a bazooka to the chest and gets just oh, riddled with bullets. Just RPG. a Looney Tunes cartoon amount of explosions. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, and yeah. The, she's the, just the, awesome. Oh, I lo- I'm sorry. I absolutely love when they go, the the fall will kill us both powers. He scoots her in the way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. How are you CIA still alive? Agent Felicity Shagwell. Uh, it's just so fucking cool. Ah, oh, she's, I, yeah. so I'm, I'm at a loss of magic words what else to say about her. She's just fucking cool. So whenever I hear the song magic carpet, I think of this scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steppenwolf. I'm just like, fuck yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah, small town of uh, right outside of England. And I love, I love that Austin Powers is like, doesn't this look like Southern California? Amazing. And I'm like, wow. I didn't notice until you said something. <laughs> didn't notice. Uh, and since we're back in 1969, we get... Uh, Muf- uh, is it Mufasa? or M- Mustafa, M- I believe. Mustafa, played by... Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yes. No, not Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell? Where? Will Ferrell plays Mustafa. Yes. Doesn't I'm, he? I'm fucking with you. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Does he go does he go a little brown face in this? Is that Yeah, slightly. Okay. And he, he only does face. a little bit of an accent. Only only it's, a little it's bit. clearly problematic, and he's kind of even acknowledging like He's not super comfortable with this. He's trying to play it as safe and unoffensive as possible. Uh, that being said, yeah, this is also pre nine eleven. Yes, they could yeah. not have gotten away with this post nine eleven. No, absolutely. Um, and he not. and he gets pissed because if he's asked the same the same question three times, he has to oblige. Yes. Uh, and then I love how he's like, oh, no, but see, when you asked me this, that was another another series in the form of questions, so then that means... The whole technicality. The oh, God, I love that. Yeah. And then we get to see Mini-Me. Do you want to talk about Mini-Me? About how he's one-eighth he, he is Evil's all size? of the evil of Dr. Evil, but one-eighth his size. And I'm looking, uh, scrolling down IMDb to find the actor who played Mini-Me. Oh, Vernon, Vernon Troyer. Troyer. Yep, I found him. Yeah, he and he did pass away. Um, in 2018. Yeah. Uh, and I'm uh, really saddened to see him go, but he did an amazing job. This was an amazing role for him. Dr. Freak from Bubble Boy. I don't know if you guys ever seen that Oh, movie. a long time ago, but now you're making me want to yeah. go watch it again. Excellent movie. And he's also in The Love Guru as well. Oh, God. Okay. R.I.P. to him. Um, he, he did an amazing job with this role. Um, even though he hardly said any words at all, he really... Gave it his all, and it was fucking great. Absolutely. Fuck. And then he calls the president of the United States in 1969, and then he makes a bunch of references to a bunch of movies from the 90s. And I love how Scott is basically being the audience at this point, yeah. and he's like, you fucking dickwad. <laughs> uh, because apparently, um, uh, what what's her name? Frau. Uh, was it? Uh, oh, 
Frau. Fra- Frau, Frau is, Farbizna. is the mother of Scott, yep. and Dr. Evil is the son, but they went back in time, and he drank Austin Powers' mojo, so that's how he was able to... Do, do that fucked up shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Shag Frau, it, I guess, it's basically. one of the grosser scenes in this movie. I also haven't... Uh, do you want to talk about Rob Lowe? Uh, we can talk about Rob Lowe uh, being the very young version of Robert of uh, Robert Wagner uh, very convincingly and being fucking great at it. Yeah. Um, Are you going to cry? He, he wasn't cry? <laughs> number two in the first movie, right? Robert Wagner was the whole time, right? Correct, correct. Okay, correct. so this is the first time Rob Lowe is doing this this role. He, he did a great yes. job. Uh yeah. I want to go back just a little bit and talk real quick about Mike Myers and all of all of the roles he does in this movie because we haven't mentioned yet. Not only is he the title character Austin Powers, he's also the main villain. Uh and I feel like I have to mention yeah. that because the first time I saw this movie and still to this day, even like right before we started recording when I was rewatching it, he disappears into Doctor Evil more than he has for anything else. At least for me. With with the Scottish dude, not so much. Clearly Shrek. Admiral, can you hear me? I was trying to get I was trying to translate it. Sorry. You go ahead. Pad for time. Pad for time. Oh, I'm still padding I'm, I'm still padding for time. Alright, cool. Yeah. Uh so yeah, uh, I I don't no, I agree I don't know you. about y'all. Doctor yeah, Evil, he sinks into the role of Doctor Evil more than any other role. So anytime he's on screen yes. as Doctor Evil, it's just so much fun. Yeah, I I do kind of miss the gag from the first movie where they obscured Doctor Evil's face as much as possible. Yeah, that was funny how they did that. Un- until they literally couldn't. Where were we in the plot? Uh, so basically, he's talking to the president, um, and I love how he's like, look at this, this is that. Oh, damage report! Damage report! Oh, sorry. That was a scene from Independence Day. And I'm just like, holy shit. Okay. So, first of all, I love that they got the president of the United States to be played by Andy Dufresne. Yes. From- yes from fucking uh Shawshank yep. Redemption. Oh my god, he was he like him as a president, I never would have been like, oh yeah, like oh yeah, but the fact that he was the president. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, great cast pick. For sure. Yeah. Um Tim Robbins, that's it. Uh like and I like how I like how at the end he's like, "Give me just one nuke. Just I, I can nuke it if you want me to. Like just let me just let me nuke it. And he's like, and, and he's like, well, he's like, but n- sir, you can't do it. You, you're talking about nuking the moon. And he's like, would you miss it? Would any one of you miss it? And I'm just like, you know, that's some shit I could see the president fucking Actually, do. a lot of things would miss the moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would uh, kind of fuck up a lot of shit. That would, uh, a bunch of tidal, tidal flows, like everything. We would probably flood. Yeah. A lot. Very likely. And hold on one second. Tesla Frida! Everything okay over there? Alright. They're both in here. Oh no, just, I forgot to close the door. That was it. And they they scampered out Ah. this one window room. They scampered out of it. Because of course, Patron is here, so they want to be by, they want to hang out with their their mom. Oh, babies. They're like, want to hang out with mom. 
Um, so, uh, so then basically they go to the moon and I love how he's like, we're going to call it a death star de laser. <laughs> and then I love how they're like the Alan Parson project. Yes. Yeah. Look, Scott's entire thing in this is hilarious because he's basically just being the audience. He's basically poking fun at everything. He's being the audience. And so, okay, so I, I think I found out what what makes the third movie not as good as the other ones. So, you know, in the first one, he was a fish out of water. He was from the 60s, bam, put in the 90s. Yeah. Right? In this one, he's in the 90s, bam, he's put back in the 60s. He's a fish out of water, right? When he goes... When he's, in Goldman, he's back in a familiar pond, but it's changed. Correct. And then when you go, when he's in the 70s, he never really lived in the 70s. And they don't give him that drive off into the sunset type of like, I'm going to go and think about my fucking life and what has all changed and everything. They don't give him that aspiration to think about it. Mm. And also, they don't have the the cool, fun dance sequences in between. Uh, so they just got rid of the, the most fun shit about these fun movies. Exactly. Is what you're like, saying. That's why I feel like the third one isn't as loved, beloved because of things like that. And it also got too meta. And I'll tell you this after we, after we stop recording, um, because I don't want to give out her real name. Uh, but, uh, you know, the part when they're on the moon, uh, and the chair starts to go around yes. and he's like, Oh, I need a young priest and an old priest. Oh, Oh, that is, uh, an old coworker of ours, uh, that's operating that, uh, underneath the, uh, stage that they're on. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, she said that, uh, Mike Myers was, uh, an interesting character to work with. He would always be like, ready to go but uh whenever he wasn't on camera he was really quiet and kept to himself um so yeah and she helped all with, with a bunch of the dance sequences uh a bunch of like you know like the feathers flying down and the peace signs everywhere like she helped out with a bunch of that stuff um i'll tell you after we stop recording who it is uh, I'm, but yeah, I'm literally no, it's cool I, to see. i'm playing off the the movie right now in the background and scrolling through the uh on the bottom to that scene to see if I can see them. Keep going. Keep going. I mean, you probably won't be able to see them because they're not in front of the camera. Oh, they're behind okay. the camera. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I love that. Uh, I love that Minnie gets caught in the scaffolding and they're like, can somebody put a bell on him? Eee! 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 You complete me. Oh, if you did fall, that would be a whole 10 minute process where I was unconsolable. And then I would get another Minnie me. It's a whole thing. What? It's true. Ridiculous, and it's I love it. And so, you know, while while that's going on, uh, basically, uh, for some reason, uh, Austin and Felicity hop aboard the Apollo rocket to the moon, and they have six hours because that's when they're going to be in front of DC. But, you know, theoretically, it takes, doesn't it take like three weeks to get to the moon? Well, I don't know that you off the travel. Top of my, you're asking the wrong person. That is a GLaDOS question, and GLaDOS is at well, Swapper have... Jacks right now. 
but you have to make sure that you you transfer and use gravity across space in order to guide yourself. You can't just go it's like oh it's six hours we can make it, um, and then they get on the moon base, uh, and then oh my god I love this part when uh, when he's like oh we have your money Doctor Evil good you have thirty minutes to get it to me, meh. <laughs> Bye. Fucking asshole. Uh, we get to see the the time machine, and Austin has to choose between save the world or save the girl. So he tries to do both, fails, fails and Felicity Felicity Shagwell dies. Uh, so as he's going to chase Doctor Evil, which by the way I love that Doctor Evil has his space suit on and keeps turning it on and off to talk. Shouldn't he just keep it on? It's a great, or maybe, okay, but it's a great gag. It's really just yeah. a really fun gag. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, and then I love it's like you should go ahead and use the time machine to save your lover. And so then uh, he's about to shoot Doctor Evil, and Frau shoots at him, and he runs away. And then we get the gag where he's like, where Doctor Evil's like, "Good work," but his speakers turned off. Frau's like, "What? I can't hear you." Good work. Good work. Ah, it like falls over, stumbles because the feedback into his own ear was hilarious. Then Austin from 10 minutes from now jumps in a time machine, goes back. And I love how he, the older Austin shoots all the people. And I love that 10 Austin, 10 minutes from now mimes the shooting. And then Dr. Evil looks at him and he's like, fire the laser. And I love how Dr. Evil's like, oh, thank Fire the laser! Austin, Austin, 10 minutes from now. Go save Felicity while I go save the Earth. Okay. Uh, and so then they save the Earth. Dr. Evil still has his mojo. So he throws the mojo in the air and both Austins go for it. I swear to you, if one Austin stood back. Oh, they would have had it. Yeah. He would have caught it. He would have caught it. They would have totally had that. Oh, and oh, Will Ferrell's voice is dubbed over. Uh, Felicity Shagwell's uh, voice. Watch out! That's Will Ferrell's voice <laughs> dubbed in. That's so fucking funny. And oh, also, this is the highest grossing movie of the Austin Powers franchise. This one. That does not surprise me. It does. Uh, and it also makes me happy because, again, this is my favorite one. I love how they're like, well, we can't really do anything, Austin. Well, uh, we can't, we can't save your mojo. You've beat Dr. Evil and you're gonna get the girl. Trust me. And so then we get to they they go back into 1999 and I love how she's like I don't know I really want to see the 70s and the 80s and I love that Austin looks at her and he goes I looked into it there's a gas shortage and a flock of seagulls now was that the reference to the band flock of seagulls I I'm 90% sure it was okay okay because I was asking Patron and she's be. like probably that's probably it has to be there's no way it's not yeah and so then they head back, um, and um, her and uh, Austin start to get, you know, a little, like, start to get into the shagging territory. Yep. And are, we get are a, very into each other. And we get a knock at the door, and basically just bust through the door. We got that. Now I'm going to go ahead and say it now because it's like 40 minutes in. So, the, the so ready for it? Yeah. The fat fucking bastard. Fat bastard. Fat fucking bastard himself. Oh, Scotsman! Yeah, I love his I love his UPS outfit, but it's fat bastard delivery. FPD. 
Did you not notice that? I, yeah, I did notice that. That's fucking. I love he's like uh, Felicity goes. Are you happy? What kind of an answer is that? I'm unhappy because I eat, and I eat because I'm unhappy. I haven't. I mean, he goes through the whole process. He goes through the whole like thing. He goes. I haven't seen my Willie in two years. Declare it legally dead. Just like wow. And he just like keeps going off and on about this whole thing. He goes, but ah, and then she kicks the shit out of him. And he falls over and an earthquake happens. She presses a button that says don't press. And then the movie ends. Because there's a, just a dance party at that point. Yep. And a lot of people are wondering, well, wait. Why wasn't why wasn't Elizabeth Hurley in this movie? Uh, it's because apparently she was, booked, uh, she was booked for this movie and she couldn't do it. She has expressed interest in coming back if there ever is an Austin Powers 4. She wants to come back. Oh, I hope she does. But she stated that she would like a different outfit. That's fair. Which is fine because that because Elizabeth Hurley is beautiful in any in anything anything and also any age. Also any age that she. I, I need I need to clarify a thing from last week because I believe last week when we were looking for the name of an actor, I was like, oh, that's totally Rebecca Romaine. I was wrong. That was not in Wayne's World too. That was in this movie. In the photo shoot, where Rebecca Romaine is straight up, I'm Rebecca Romaine, just as herself. Oh, being incredible. What about what about I've won a hump a lot. You've won a hump a lot. Ah, you know how Russians. It's incredible you, what they do with the terrible naming conventions. You know, you know how movie. Russians keep warm. Well, I can bet they play chess. Oh, I bet wrong. <laughs> bet wrong. <laughs> and that's the scene where he gets his mojo stolen. Do you want to talk about the whole like? different sequences of the of the dick jokes you want to talk about all that you mean his chest hair well besides that his chest hair in the shape of a dick and balls besides that pointing down his actual dick i meant no it's like it's like no it looks like my husband's johnson what do you feel about that it's a really oh it's a really good wiener Although I'm not going to sit here and ruin the whole sequence of jokes for anyone. Just go fucking watch the movie. Or if you're, if you don't want to watch the movie, go on YouTube and just look for the dick jokes. There's a super cut of them all. Cause they're great. It's a super cut of them all. No, it's really good. Yeah, there's definitely a super cut. Did you stay till the ending? Oh, always. But I'm sure you're going to tell me something that I didn't notice. Well, no, that so that's how this show goes. That Austin comes, Austin goes back to his pad and Felicity is getting promiscuous with someone, but it happens to be, past austin also austin yeah and it's not cheating baby and i'm just like oh my god we're sexy bitches well yes we are technically sexy bitches also will ferrell's character asks if there's somebody in the audience that can go get somebody in the lobby to fetch an ambulance for him because of his legs after he fell down the cliff he is still in pain as the movie is over. Hilarious. So, here on Cinema Gems, uh, we have a rating... Wait, did you want to talk about the music before we go? I th- I feel like I already talked about the music a good bit earlier with George S. Clinton. How'd you... We, we already said everything we need to say about the music. What about... It's an iconic theme. What about Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello? Oh, you're absolutely right. R.I.P. to Burt Bacharach. Thank you, Admiral. Because he did pass away. Yeah, R.I.P. Burt Bacharach. Yeah, both songs in this movie that feature... One, I think one is Burt Bacharach. Oh, no. There's just the one song that has both on it, huh? Yeah, but Burt Bacharach is in every Austin Powers movie. Yeah. Because I feel like they were really good I, It's friends. an incredible, yeah. I feel like they were really good friends. Oh, for sure. Um, But no, I love the song for sure. that him and Elvis Costello do. 
uh, what do you what do you get when you fall in love? But as they're singing it, I don't know if you noticed it. Um, people would take away the chair and seats that they were they were dancing to. Yeah. Uh, and and they had that. Uh, oh, and Patron pointed it out. Apparently, uh, apparently Mike Myers has a real af- affinity for crocheted clothes because you had Gertie from ET in last week's in a crochet top, and then in this one you had Heather Graham in a. Uh, crocheted dress. That was just stunning. Which is just like, wow. Yeah. So, okay. All right, cool. I just made sure we wanted to talk about Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello. Thank you for Burt reminding me Bacharach about that. Did You're pass absolutely away this right. Year. No problem. But we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. A full gem, an amazing movie. A half gem, an all right movie. A no gem, a horror movie. But Maestro, what do you give Austin Powers? The Spy Who Shagged Me. 1999. It's a whole gem. It's it's obviously whole a whole gem. You you heard me glowing about this movie from beginning to end. I've watched it. I've rewatched it twice in the last week. Uh, I don't need an excuse uh, to rewatch any of the Austin Powers movies, but I try to watch either one or two at least once a year, usually around hurricane season, because it was among other things an evacuation movie for my brother and I. Um, so yeah I, it, it holds a special place in my heart it also kind of makes sense of my weird doofy se- uh, sense of humor mm. so yeah I could see that I fucking love this movie uh, I also give this movie a full gem uh, the first two Austin Powers god damn right first two Austin Powers movie I feel like are full gems the third one I feel like is almost a half gem it's somewhere in the deep res- recesses of a of a no gem and a, and a half gem. But we'll get to that yeah. when we get to that. We'll get there when we get there. I'm sure that we'll be persuaded and arm twisted to review that movie eventually. Yeah. So, yes, guys, uh, this is week two of Mike Myers Month or M Cubed. Still workshopping it because the Butt Maestro hasn't come up with anything else yet. Have you? I, li- I like M Cubed. I'm okay with that. Um, and I like the Fantastic Miss Frida squeaking her squeaky toy. Yep. She's like, I, I like it. I like. Thank you, Fantastic Miss Frida. She's like, I want pets. I want pets. All right, we'll come here and get some pets. Give, give her pets. Hey, everybody. This is the Admiral. I edited this part back in uh, from earlier uh, about the translation of Spanish that uh, Vanessa Kensington said. Um, basically, she was saying your imagination is running crazy. Yeah. So just a little thing. Just all right, guys. Back to the show. Uh, well, well, you give her pets. I'm going to do the outro. Uh, hey, all, if you liked our episode, tell us all about it at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. You can hear more of our uh, shenanigans and episodes and opinions on uh, lowrainpictures.com. Uh, but of course, before you come to the Cinema Gems tab, you got to go over to the Earth 30 tab. Uh, and yeah, that's how we pay for the site. They're just awesome. I guess my favorite thing about doing months for like special special certain like subjects um is the music that the maestro does in relation to of course kevin george thank you for letting us use your music but but maestro you don't understand i literally look forward to your rendition of the music based off of the movies that we're going to watch you you don't understand um, but yes, guys. I, I haven't listened to last week's episode yet, but I'm curious to hear how Kevin George's theme goes into mine because I did a thing on purpose. I know, and I told the Hawaiian detective, and he was like, "Oh!" And I said, "I'm pretty sure I said exactly what you said." 
So I'm pretty sure I made you sound really smart. So you're welcome. Cool. But yes, guys, uh, remember you, that, you know, take some time for yourself, relax, and also just get through life when you can and talk to people when you can, but make sure that you're taking time for yourself. Uh, and also, guys, remember, thank you for all of our Swapper Jacks friends and family. 100%. Thank you for being there. Thank you for getting us through this week. Thank you for getting us through each shift. Thank you for getting us through each hour for helping us to be there for each other. Because that's what it is at Swapper Jacks. We're friends and family. And also, guys, just remember to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter, guys. Always. Bye, guys. See ya.